Hi again, everybody. Tom Oglesby in the studio with Colleen Pasnick and Janet Wagner. And this is the chatter, and we're beginning in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most most gracious Virgin Virgin Mary, that that never was it known that that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. St. Rose of Lima. Pray for us. Our feast today. Very nice. Not when we uh, air this, but uh, as we record this. Very nice. Thank you. All right. Well, could be an interesting evening, afternoon. What do we got for headlines, Janet? I'm all over the place. Probably the biggest thing that was good news for once was Cardinal Burke's birth. Cardinal <laughs> Burke's health has improved. He's off the ventilator, so I'm incredibly excited Praise about that. Praise God. You know, that's a miracle Praise because God. when I first heard about that, Someone had texted, and they said that he's very sick, and he didn't think he was going to survive it. So praise God, the power of prayer. There were three or four days that were horrible. Intensive care, he was intubated uh, on uh, oxygen. The reports coming uh, from Mayo Clinic, and we had some people who were two degrees of separation away from the cardinal. Uh, Didn't look good, keep praying, didn't look good, keep praying. Praise God. I hope by the time this airs, we, uh, we're still praising God for that. Well, he left ICU, correct? He's correct. back in his regular hospital room, though. He's still in the hospital? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Last right. I knew. That was a, the last report. So that is excellent news. So thank you, everyone, who's yes. offered prayers. Um, we know that prayers are working when the Shrine put out a statement similar to something like this that said, please stop calling us, basically, because we can't keep up with all the calls and requests mm-hmm. based for love, for the love of Cardinal Burke. Yes. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, our Blessed Mother, for um, giving him that health and for healing him. And we thank everyone for their prayers. Absolutely. Sometimes I wonder, because I think that he was in an induced coma, wasn't he? Didn't they yes. put him in? Okay. So sometimes I'm wondering when people are in that state, if they, if the veil, maybe, between us and the other side is a little thinner. I wonder if after he, reco- after he recovers, he might have something to say about that time when... Uh, he was in that coma. I was kind of thinking that too, Colleen. I was hoping more along the lines that Jesus or God the Father came to him specifically in that coma and said, you're going to be our next Pope. <gasps> Whoa. Wouldn't that be something? That would be something. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he's eligible, is he? Oh. He's not even in the uh, conclave class. Well, you know, that's a good question. We should look up who's eligible to be Pope, because didn't they used to just elect anybody they wanted? Does it have to be a cardinal now, or does it have to be an... He's a, he's eligible, isn't See, he? See, I think he's eligible he's because of age. Correct. He's young. He's a young man, actually. 72? Mm-hmm. 70. Are, 72? Yeah. Why? Oh, never mind. I thought he was in his 80s. That's his wisdom, Tom. Oh. Yeah. That's his maturity. Strike that from the minutes. <laughs> Didn't know that. No, so that's curious, though. What are the criteria to be elected pope? We've got it over there in one of the uh, large books on the desk here. Let's have a competition. One of our listeners can look it up and yeah. email us. Info at kcrd-fm.org. We have the smartest audience. Yeah, we do. 
kind of that. Well, uh, just to follow up, that's our first headline, but the, the significance from my point of view is I get so many people who, uh, uh, this side of despair, there are no miracles today. This is a miracle, and, and uh, Christ is alive. As uh, he says in John, uh, my father is working, and I am still working, and, and uh, the creator is still with us here. He didn't just create the world and walk away. Nope, and, and that's, uh, uh, that's a fallacy, that he's the timekeeper, he set the clock, and he left. But um, maybe maybe we just don't have the eyes to see them. Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing when you guys talk about that is the word mitigation. Mm-hmm. There is a plan. Obviously, God has a plan. It can be even preordained. But mitigation is important because prayer can mitigate, which means circumstances can be changed. Isn't that awesome? Mm-hmm. So engage in prayer. Can change history. Can change history. That's incredible to think. There we go. That's a huge meditation. Think about that. Think about that for your individual heart, for those whom you love, your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers. Well, especially when we see what's going on and we feel so helpless. And then we think, oh, I can't do anything but pray. Like that's nothing. <laughs> that's a weapon, man. Man, that is a weapon. That's a lot. Prayer can change things. How did Karapi say that? I've got my weapon is here as he held his rosary up, and it's got a fifty clip, a fifty bullet clip in it. Yeah. Could be. What else in the news, Janet? Well, something that's not quite as positive, but disturbing. But a, a headline came out. Actually, two of them. One was that Lori Lightfoot, which people know is the mayor of Chicago, um, went to attend the mass of Ella French, which was the police officer who mm-hmm. I believe was gunned down. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, she went to the Mass. She was Catholic, so we pray for Ella French's soul. Ella but, uh, was Catholic. Ella was Lori Catholic. Because Lori Lightfoot is not. Correct. But it was showed on video, video that Lori Lightfoot received Jesus in the Most Holy um, Presence. And then later I saw a headline that the priest who gave it to her was mortified because he didn't realize that he had mistakenly gave it to her. And I think there's some debate about that. But I think, did you catch Taylor Marshall? Yes. Who, who caught Taylor, did you? I did. No, but I've seen somewhere, I think it's the same story that you're about to say. So, yeah, so we're recording on a Monday here, so sometime in the last three or four days, Taylor got on that, and he eviscerates that uh, item here. One, uh, this is in the Chicago Archdiocese. Marshall's premise is this, that no politician is going to risk going to a Catholic Mass as a non-Catholic and risk being denied communion, that this was orchestrated and approved in advance, and that if there's any horror on the part of this priest... uh, Well, I feel sorry for him because it was Father Dan Brandt, and he he probably is in... He's probably... I'm, I'm not doubting him, and here's why. Because he said it was very confusing because at the last minute... Cardinal Supich was supposed to be giving communion, mm-hmm. and he changed the program. And at the last minute, said to Father Dan, "You come on over here and do it." Mm-hmm. So I'm so I don't doubt for one minute that it was orchestrated, that it was a plan, a but setup. That, but it makes me feel like Father Dan was the fall guy. Well, a sure. setup, sure. I don't know that speculation, but Marshall further goes into the. Is it the 1983 Code of Canon Law? And there's a couple of items, and I, I didn't write the uh, uh, codes down, and, and I've got the canon over there. But uh, 
No, this this was not accidental here. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. And we um, we have the ability to make the announcement. I've even been at parishes where at the beginning of Mass, there's an announcement welcoming all friends, relatives, and visitors, and those of other faith. But there's not a statement made that if you're not in communion with the Roman Catholic Church, which means you believe all doctrine, dogma, and you have rightfully been accepted and you're in a state of grace, you are Catholic, please do not present yourself for the sacrament of communion, which is the sign of unity. Right. Right. And the Code of Canon Law that you're talking about is the 1983 Code of Canon Law that actually states that a bishop has the permission to allow the Eucharist to be given out in rare situations. Yes, life and death. Yeah. Right, life and death. And and you also have to believe what the church teaches about it. It's not just, I mean, you have to make some indication that you believe it's the true body, blood, soul, and divinity. That you'd want the unity. Before, right. But, you know, it reminds me of a conversation I had this weekend with one of our listeners, and they said that a, a friend's husband died, and the wife wanted everybody to be able to come to communion because, she said, even Judas received communion at the Last Supper. Okay? So the fact is, it's not clear in Scripture if the Last Supper had already happened, if the consecration had already happened, or if this was beforehand. But but what I said you should have told your friend, well, read the full scripture verse. It said Jesus, or Judas ate the morsel and Satan entered into him because yeah, he ate unworthily. And if you eat unworthily, you bring on your own condemnation. And that's St. Paul There's says, your example. You eat and drink condemnation on yourself. So, mm-hmm. and out of charity, we should not want non-Catholics receiving for their good. For their good. And, and yeah, and, and, and that, that's bad logic, uh, just rewinding to that woman's comment here. Judas was evidently not in a state of grace, but that doesn't mean that he wasn't a part of the communion. He was either, at that point, a priest or a bishop. So he was essentially Catholic. Just yes. like so many know. Well, that's kind of a conversation that I had then with a priest over the weekend for the homily because right now we're going through John 6, right? Mm-hmm. And it was about, you know, a lot of uh, people left him after he said, this is my, you know, true food my body is true food and my blood is true drink right and a lot of his followers left him and and john six the chapter of john six yes, just you. as a reminder is the discourse on the bread of life yes thank you and that's what we're going through on these sundays but anyway it's not clear this priest said that he thinks maybe that's when judas decided to betray him well sheen says that oh does sheen say that sheen says that yeah, Sheen says that uh, it was at John 6 when uh, Judas, when Satan entered Judas. Yeah, mm. yeah. So your priest uh, is in good company with Fulton Sheen, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. I on love that, on Sheen. That yeah, who doesn't? Well, I know some who don't, but another item here. Yeah. How are we doing on time? I've lost. We're doing great. We have... What else we got on the headlines? Well, speaking of Chicago with Lori Lightfoot, um, Chicago is also a diocese along with Philly and a number of other dioceses where the bishops are telling priests not to provide any religious exemption from COVID to individuals who would like to ha- be exempted who don't want to get vaccinated. What are they afraid of? 
That's a good question. What is the big push about? You know, when you guys find out the answers, I think we should let everybody know. Because that is the burning question right now. They've never done this with a flu shot. They've never done this with anything else. So you have to ask, what is behind this? And I heard that not only was he not allowing priests to sign the religious exemption, but he sent out a statement that said every employee of the Archdiocese of Chicago has to, must get the vaccine. Now that's the priests, the deacons, the parish secretaries, secretaries, the school teachers, the Catholics, everyone, and religious exemptions will not be given. That's just, I mean, that's a tyrant. Well, it's a tyrant, but let's go back to the fundamental morality here. These vaccines are are tainted with aborted baby parts. Murders had to take place in order for these vaccines to come to fruition. Yes. Do we understand our culpability in these sins for this day and age? For a disease that has a 98 to 99% recovery rate. Exactly. And it's still unclear why medical research requires aborted fetal or live. Now we've got evidence that live children are being used in organ harvesting, not donation. They can't consent. Uh, that the, this is this is going on. Uh, I mean, it's just sad. And today we know that the FDA. Um, granted full approval for Pfizer BioNTech for the COVID vax. And if if they okay Pfizer today, Moderna's going to be they'll next. Be I mean, yeah. they'll all fall like yeah. dominoes. Yeah. But um, I I wonder when they approve that. There's been no research. I mean, this is all so new. What are they basing that on? I I don't know. Warp speed. Warp speed. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that there's data out there, but it's a matter of can we have the correct data and and will the media actually report the the correct data on both sides the one number that i'd like to know now and i'll probably never get my way is we have an uptick with covid right now covid cases because of the delta variant or even new covid cases whatever it might be we have an uptick a rise in the number of cases so everybody's panicking Mm -hmm. wear your mask mandates are coming out left and right but what i really want to know is Who's dying and from what? Hmm. And were they vaccinated? That is key. Of those who are dying, are they dying from COVID and were they vaccinated or not? That is data we need to know. Do you think we'll ever get it? Not not soon. I think there's an agenda to hide that. That's why I don't think we'll ever know the truth about this illness, this disease, this virus, because I don't think we've ever known the truth. And I think it's been so obscure and and mixed together with other deaths and double counted. And, uh, you know, they wanted to make it so scary uh, that I don't that they elevated that number. And now, like if you go to the VAERS, the vaccine adverse reaction site, there's been like over 12,000 deaths. I know it. That have been reported, and they say only 1% of stuff gets reported. Yeah. Um, I thought I saw some data that you had sent out earlier this week, Tom, on that very topic. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's scary what's going on. It's back to that question I asked earlier. What are they, the authority figures in, in now the church, the medical community, the national governments, not all the state governments. There's some governors and mayors that are holding fast. Yeah. Uh, but what are they afraid of? 
what are they afraid of? And it was it in New Zealand? They had one case, so they locked the whole exactly. island down. One, exactly. You do have to ask, what what is going on? And why the psychosis? I mean, this is reminding me of being Jewish in the times of World War II. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, and, and there is that whole unclean, you know, where they're calling the Jews unclean. Mm-hmm. And now the unvaccinated, mm-hmm. you know, pose all the risk. So it is very, there have been testimonies out there on the internet of people from communist countries that say this is exactly how it starts. So we do really need to be vigilant about some of this language and wording. Yeah, I think so too. Another headline was Montana is the only state to ban vax requirements for employees. That was on the AP this week too. Oh, to ban mm-hmm. vax requirements. Yeah, that was Montana. So hopefully their leader and other states follow suit. So you think it's going to be a red state, blue state kind of divide? I think so. The blue states requiring, because Illinois is requiring, they've got Vax Verify, um, Pitzer said. You know, I say that, but let me take that back. And here's why. Because last night, Trump spoke in um, Coleman, Alabama, and when he told everybody in the crowd to get vaccinated, they booed. Oh. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, because he's Mr. Operation Warp Speed, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of people were not happy about that. A lot, I should say a lot of Trump supporters I know Correct. are not in favor of this vaccine, especially of any mandate to get it. Right. So uh, I hope that he listens to those boos. I hope so, too, because I think it is a red and blue thing. But when you look at an example like that, I think well, this, it it's, it it's a liberty thing here. If you want to get the vaccine... Get the vaccine. Get right. Yeah. And Stop if, forcing this the isn't rest about of us. being against the vaccine. Right. It's don't this is the violation of the Nuremberg Code. Yep. You can't vaccine someone or kill them without their permission, yes, I That's a great point. If you want the shot, get it. Get if it. you want to wear a mask, wear it. Wear it. But don't force the rest of people who are not on the same page as you to do that. Right. I mean, even Jesus Christ himself gave us free will. Yeah. Really, that's where that came from? Bad idea. This is the chatter. That's Janet. She's Colleen. I'm Tom Oglesby. We'll be back right after these announcements. Hi again, everybody. We're back in the studio with Janet Wagner, Colleen Pasnick. I'm Tom Oglesby. This is the chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD. Janet, you found out Cardinal Burke is... 73. What a young man. He is a young man. 73 sounds younger every year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get closer to that. God there. give him many more years. Good start there. Yeah, Did so you have any more headlines? No. Or is I it, mean, is it uh, Colleen's turn to vent? I think it's Colleen's turn to vent. The only thing is, is, you know, last time we talked about Haiti, their death toll was up to 2,200. Uh-huh. And this past week, the Tennessee floods had 17 inches of rain and wiped out 22 people. Oh, my goodness. That's... That's amazing, and uh, we've got a good friend down in Nashville, and uh, McKay says there's a reason why Tennessee's called Rocky Top, because it's all rock. So if you can imagine getting, did you say 17 inches of rain? I believe so. No place for it to go. It's all rock, and uh, goodness. And I haven't talked to him in a couple of days, so maybe he's floating somewhere. I hope not. Well, there's a lot going on in the world, and... You know, Afghanistan is the other thing. Haiti, Afghanistan. Yeah. China continues to be East Hell. My goodness. And China and Russia are in on uh, what may or may not happen going forward with Biden's I don't think Americans understand, Dubuqueers in particular, 
that America is the last shining light for the world. Mm -hmm. Our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, the silent majority need to be silent no more because if you've looked at and you don't get it from the news media, you need to go to the secondary and tertiary news outlets. Get the European news. You mentioned New Zealand. Uh, Australia essentially is, uh, is Beijing South. Yeah, did you see the video where the police in Melbourne were pushing back all the people that were out protesting the vaccination passports and the mandates. You can't go to the supermarket. They were being they were being shot with rubber bullets by their police, sprayed in the face with all this stuff. And uh, why? And only in this why? last generation did they take away the guns from the Aussies. Mm. In America, you only have the First Amendment because of the Second Amendment. Exactly. Stay tuned, America. Do not cave in. The, the rest of the world is cheering for America to fight the tyranny that is, is going on globally. Well, and since you're bringing that up, uh, I haven't mentioned this ahead of time to you guys, so I'm springing this on you. Uh-oh. So you know, unlike her. Yeah. <laughs> but all day today, I've just had a lot of anxiety because we watched what happened in Afghanistan last week, right? Do you know what? We we outfitted that Taliban army. Yeah, we did. 200 aircraft, 75,000 vehicles, 600,000 weapons. Why was all of that over there? But anyway, so what happened last week, it's really got me thinking. You know, the world is watching, and the world saw our leaders inept, making mistakes, confused. Now there's division in the country. People, even even the mainstream media is going, what the heck happened there, right? And they usually have Biden's back. All that's happening right now. And in a little over two weeks, we're going to celebrate the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important because I... Be careful. I hear if you celebrate that, you're a terrorist. If you're an American... The Department of Homeland Security did say that that remembering any 9-11 anniversaries. But what I'm saying is, I'm afraid there could be another attack. Oh, I think there's going to be. On 9-11. Because the world just saw they're inept. Right. And the the thing with that is, is China and Russia are in on it with the Taliban to, to do it. And the thing is, is it's it's quite scary, and the Biden administration is not even listening to the generals, or even Joni Ernst had a good statement out. She, she was like, no, this is a mistake. He knew that we were going to withdraw these troops. Why he had to do it with this much urgency was never something that needed to be done. The, aside from all of the politics, and I know that some people listening might be able to uh, disagree, but the reality is it happened. The further reality, a good friend of ours uh, after Mass recently walked out, and if you think you were amped up, Colleen, she was really amped up. Why is no one paying attention? If you're a woman or a child in Afghanistan right now, you're a sex slave. Your life is, is worth nothing here. Why do you pull purportedly the world's greatest military outfit out of a country when citizens of that country and, and, and of our allies, the most, uh, the, the most vulnerable 
women, children, orphans, uh, non-combatants, and they're left there hanging on airplane uh, wings and helicopter runners. And throwing their babies over two layers of barbed wire, razor fence, just so the Americans would catch them and take them to America to get them out of Afghanistan. It's just horrific. Anyway, I'm just... I'm going to make a plea to everybody listening. Please double, triple your prayers um, for everyone's safety, for the protection of this country, for the protection of our military, um, all of our citizens. Just please double, triple your prayers. For the world. Spend an hour for the world. Spend an hour at the Adoration Chapel. There's a lot of of openings there or just times that need subs. But I think the next couple weeks... um, there's more than one seat at these chapels, folks. Right, and we just started this whole um, discussion today by talking about the power of prayer, yeah. mm-hmm. how prayer can change things. Well, and it I think the, the, the prayer of choice here, there's two. Uh, not everybody's able to fit a daily mass into their schedule, and we get that, but everybody's got 15 or 18 minutes to um, pray the rosary. Amen. Daily. If you're praying, if you're not praying the rosary, pray the rosary. Get on the team. If you're praying a rosary, pray two. Pray two rosaries. Pray that the world, pray for the uh, triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary over all of the heirs of Russia, as she predicted here. And pray that this homeland that is, is our land, the United States of America, continues to be the beacon of liberty for the rest of the world and to fight the tyranny that is rampant in all of the uh, columns of society here. And that it will return to God. So so just that's just been on my mind. So thanks for letting me share that. But really, I think the next couple of weeks are going to be critical. I um, think to interject with both of your comments here, one other prayer that I would um, importantly urge everyone to pray are prayers of protection. Parents, please pray over your children. Teach mm-hmm. them the angel of gar- the guardian angel prayer. Um, pray the prayers of Saint Michael because we live in times that are evil, and it's palpable. And if you can't see it, I don't know how we can help you except to pray for you. And in addition to that, which is great idea, prayers of protection. Get to confession. Yeah. You know, this Friday uh, is not the first Friday and first Saturday. But September is coming right around the corner, and I'm not sure when this is going to air. But get to confession. Well, get to confession. Be in a state of grace because 2,200 people in Haiti were they in a state of grace? God help their souls. I pray they were. Were the 17 people in Tennessee in a state of grace? We pray they were. This is real. This is real, folks. We don't know when our hour is up. Now I was at a funeral today, and I thought the homilist did. uh, I remembered this line from it. He said, "It's not so much." Uh, that death comes after living it's that what kind of life comes after death that's right and i thought i like that mm-hmm. i heard another one last night i don't know what i was listening to but it was kind of like uh we're all going to be born into eternity <laughs> and uh where you spend it is your choice yeah. that's janet wagner you're colleen paznick I am. yeah i am you look like you're loaded over there you with, know i'm uh, loaded for bear what do you got? You know, I heard first heard that expression, and I thought, what a weird expression. I heard it from the bear. You heard it from a bear? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the Stay heck? away from her, he what, said. Yeah. What does that mean, loaded for bear? 
but uh, someone eventually explained it to me. But yes, I'm means, loaded for bear. It means that little squirrel shot ain't going to work. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Well, the reason I'm so kind of wound up, or as my mom would say, my eyeballs are in an uproar, is um, over the, a lot of pro-life news happening this past week. And we haven't really talked much pro-life news Mm-mm. on the show. No. So get into it. Okay. You asked for it. You got it. I'm ready. Okay. So the first thing I've got, I don't know, half dozen articles here on, on different pro-life topics that have happened just in the past week. But um, one that I want to, uh, and maybe I'll save this for the end. So that will segment to our third segment on um, the connection between the aborted fetal tissues and the vaccine. Where I think we're going to go that way one more time. But some good news, some good news in That's the pro-life realm. News. There's good news. Texas passed a law that said you really can't tear babies limb from limb. A federal judge upheld it. Praise God. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. Because that was their law. And, uh, of course, a Fifth Circuit court said, oh, no, 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 no. You've got you've to allow those babies to be torn limb from limb because we're Americans and we do that. So who, uh, what was the final judge? Is it federal, federal judge, appeals judge? What's, what's the final so or the a- current? Actually, as I'm looking at the story, I misspoke. The fifth court, circuit court, reversed a lower court okay. that allowed for it. Um, now, think about this. This is an abortion technique that is used in the second trimester. So we're talking four to six-month-old babies. Okay, viability is at 21 weeks, right around there. We're talking mm-hmm. about babies that are 16 to 24 weeks old. Yeah, so at the upper end of that limit, viable babies. Babies, not clumps of tissue. You're getting the crib ready, You're, trying to figure out what kind of color of clothes to buy. Right, you know the sex, you know that, right, you've probably, yeah. Anyway, these babies, babies start to feel pain at 18 weeks. Now think about that. These babies can feel their arms being ripped off, their legs being ripped off, all the while their heart is beating. With no anesthetic. Of course not. We are more humane to dogs. It just, anyway, Texas passed a law that said we can't do that anymore. We can't do that anymore. And praise God, um, the Fifth Circuit. So who, who uh, court, appealed the uh, Texas law? Let me guess. Uh, yeah, this is the well. This is the first uh, the first uh, line in this story. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit Court in Whole Woman's Health. Isn't that ironic? Mm-hmm. Whole Woman's Health. No pun intended. Whole Woman's Health is in favor of dismembering babies. Anyway. Uh, the uh, to start over, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit in Whole Woman's Health versus Paxson. So, do we know who it, who Whole Woman's Health really is? Is it I just a front for uh, Planned Parenthood? Yeah, I, I didn't look. I didn't click on that link. Sorry, no. that's okay. All right, but anyway, so so that is some good news that the Texas law federal court upholds the Texas law that bans tearing babies. Here's a good. We got to insert this. Bring us down locally here. Yes. Any person, especially young women who are pregnant that don't know what to do. We just had Angie Breitbach in here recording for Birthright. We've got Clarity Clinic here in town. We've got Mary's in maternity home in the house. In the house. All right. There is no reason for any 
child within this broadcast, podcast, not to be born. You have friends here. If you need somebody to talk to and you need some help, you call. And if you can't find their number, call this number, 563-231-3545. I'm just looking across the room here at Dubuque County Right to Life, who's been around for how many generations? Since 86 or 5 or something. All right. So there is a huge pro-life contingency here in Dubuque, and it's not just to get your child born. It's to help raise your child through all of childhood. So you won't be left alone here. So a lot of agencies, a lot of friendly faces here. So there's no no need for that here anywhere, but especially here. Right. And a lot of help for women. You know, I've talked to a lot. I used to counsel women who had abortions. They all regret them. Every single woman that I've counseled has regretted having her abortion. But never has someone regretted giving birth to her baby. No. Whether she no. raised her child or whether she placed the child with a, a family no one has ever regretted giving life to their child. Um, so, so anyway, so that go was... Go Texas, go Texas. Go Texas. Um, another uh, uh, headline that was in the news this week was a federal judge, quote, nothing in the text of the Constitution establishes a right to abortion. Duh! I, I mean, know. how long? I mean, duh! It only took 60 years to read the Constitution. Is that true? I right? mean, how can you not be angry at the common sense or the lack thereof it's just like come on seriously right i, right. I don't get it. Yeah. it it is a duh it's the magnitude of the lie it's a the duh. larger the lie the more believable it is and the more often they have to repeat it but he says there the constitution does not establish a right to abortion it's a supreme court precedent which is true mm-hmm. nothing in the constitution so um Otherwise, there's only a right to abortion because the Supreme Court says so. Yeah. The super legislature known as the Supreme Court. Right. And so y- you you have to agree, no matter what side you fall on this issue, you have to agree that since Roe v. Wade was passed in 1973, technology has advanced far beyond where it was then. And if there was any, you know, what the Supreme Court said in their decision is because the beginning of life, we're uncertain about it. Well, we're uncertain no longer. And they said in Roe v. Wade, if it ever becomes known when life begins, then we can't have abortion. We know. I think I was in school. They knew that. It was either in 1978, 79, 80 in there. I think it was Life magazine um, did an article, front page on the cover of a baby in the womb because of the technology. Yep. And I thought for sure then that the end of abortion was going to be near. Yep. Well, and the funny thing is, and I don't know if you can use the word funny, but every woman who decides to have an abortion knows it's a baby. And, yeah. They're not confused. Mm-hmm. They all know that's why they're having an abortion. Right. Because they know it's a baby. One of the things that this judge said in the article, which I thought was very insightful, was that because of that Supreme Court decision, it has diminished public confidence in our judiciary system and it absolutely has so um maybe maybe the tide is turning you know now we've got this judge saying that nothing in the constitution establishes the right to abortion which no kidding well and that's why okay so back up here a second 40 days for life Mm -hmm. has been 
a common program throughout the country where people specifically pray for the end of abortion. And these folks when in communities where there are abortion clinics that are providing abortions, they'll stand outside of these clinics and pray. This is an example of the fruit of these prayers. Yes. You know, we can't prove that. But earlier in our first segment, we were talking about how prayer can mitigate circumstances. Mm -hmm. For all of you prayers out there, go get yourself an ice cream, (laughs) eat some cake, have a beer, whatever it might be, and celebrate and keep praying. Or do two out of three. Yeah, Yeah, keep praying. So the one I'll end with, because I know we're about out of time for this segment, is there was another story. um, This horrible um, uh, university hospital in Dusseldorf, Germany, they are growing human brains, and these human brains have begun spontaneously growing eyes. We are getting into the realm of science and... and, um, and experimentation on on fetuses and babies and cells that is not pleasing to God. And the connection to the vaccine, the, the cells that was used in that study and the connection to the vaccine will save for the next segment. So hang on uh, and you'll find out more. Don't go away. That's Colleen Pasnick. Janet Wegers, Wegner is with me. I'm Tom Oglesby on The Chatter. This is FM 98.3 KCRD. This is The Chatter. We're back at FM 98.3 KCRD. Colleen Pasnack, her eyeballs are in an uproar. They are. They are. Janet Wagner's eyeballs are not in an uproar, but her nose is shining. Good thing it's radio. And we're talking pro-life. We've had a lot of pro-life here the last... 15 minutes, you know, and I think, I don't want to say the pro-life movement has lost some steam, but uh, at least locally here with the loss, the terrible loss of the uh, Planned Parenthood uh, operation and uh, the strength of life in Dubuque County, Joe Davies, Grant County here with Dubuque County Right to Life. You've got Birthright we talked about here, the Clarity Clinic, Mary's Inn here, which has done how many how many children have we uh, saved, brought to life since the opening of Mary's Inn? 33 babies. 33, 33 Dubuquers. Babies, yep. That's awesome. Yep. Isn't that amazing? That's that only just good. a few years. Yeah. So I don't want to say we've lost some steam, but, um, and not that there isn't work to do, but there's some success stories here locally. And yet when you look at these regional and national headlines, and then you were just talking about Dusseldorf, Germany. This is the uh, this is the Tower of Babel all over again here, isn't it? Uh, men wanting to be gods, working on exactly human brains that are that are growing organs now eyeballs. Right, and it's not just in Dusseldorf, Germany. I was trying to find my paper here because it was also like uh, San Diego. I mean, it's also in some place in the United States. I mean, it's not just well. And what was going on in the University of Pittsburgh here a while ago? Oh my gosh, yes, the horrible stuff. Um, At the University of California, San Diego, they recorded brain waves from the human brains that they were that they grew in the lab. See, we thought Frankenstein was just a movie. Right. Yeah, it's becoming real. So, um, so and, the, go ahead. No, I was just saying, ethically, we have lost our way. The train has come off the track, ethically. Mm-hmm. Well, we've lost our sight here. We're the creatures. He's the creator. 
and we, we want to switch role here. We want to make God in our image, and we want to be in his image, and, uh, and, and we're, we're just stepping right into it, isn't it? Well, This is modern-day Arianism. You're, you're exactly right. We, we want to be like gods. And so this next story that I want to bring up is that's a perfect segue. So thank you, Tom. So a lot of people that cannot have children naturally um, choose to use artificial means of getting pregnant. Uh, it's called IVF, in, in vitro fertilization. Okay, in vitro means in glass. Okay, because the the sperm is is put with the egg in a glass petri dish um, for conception to happen. So in vitro means in glass. In so, vitro. So Colleen, I'm just going to ask you, I'm playing devil's advocate here. If a baby comes from that process and a couple wants that child, um, what's wrong with that? And also, can you give some clarity on Catholic Church teaching? of why that is an issue because it's not just one baby right well that so that that's right so there's a couple issues it's not just one right because it's a big expense to do this Mm -hmm. so they don't just take you know a couple sperm one egg it's multiple babies that are conceived in utero and then uh, they take from the multiple babies they might choose to implant two maybe three Y'all remember Octagon or Octomom, you know, they implanted like eight babies in her and they all took, so to speak. Um, So that's why they only will place maybe two babies, maybe three in in a woman's uterus um, uh, so that she can carry them to term. Back through here because you guys are so close to it. I don't think a lot of people are understanding what you're talking about in the technology. You're talking about the woman who possesses eggs. Yes is going to be, her eggs are going to be harvested, yes? Yes. Okay. She, she will take medications to hyperstimulate her ovaries so they release a lot of eggs. A lot of eggs, all right. And the man's sperm yep. is collected. Yep. And in the dish, that's what in vitro is Latin for, in, in the dish, in the in the glass, the Petri dish. These... Eggs are fertilized. Yep. So conception takes place in the At dish. that point, this is a human being. Yes. Yes. And this is not singular. This is a pair, a three, a half dozen. Exactly. Exactly. Human beings are now alive. Exactly. And are exactly. they all viable? What happens with those eggs? Because that's a baby. Exactly. And it's a big problem, right? So now let's say you've got 12 fertilized eggs, otherwise known as human beings. We all started as a fertilized egg. Now you've got 12 fertilized egg babies. Life has begun in a Petri dish, but they're only going to implant maybe two, maybe three in the woman's uterus. So what do they do with the other nine? Yeah, what, what do they do? They freeze them. Okay. Right? They freeze them in case the couple decides down the road to have a few more implanted. And if they don't? That's a huge problem. Because they don't you... decide to have more children out of the freezer. Yes. Huge so, problem. So I'm, I'm just going to come out of the gate here and say they're going to murder those those eggs and those sperm. Those, well, it's possible. Those children. Well, they have, to, they have to pay for storage. 
So every month they have to pay to keep them in the freezer. Okay. Now there's been situations in, in uh, divorce cases about custody of unborn children. Yes, there has been. Oh. I, it, I mean, the Pandora box just, you know, wide open. So let's say that, um, let's say that in the Petri dish, 11 lives are conceived, 11 immortal souls right are conceived three are implanted in the woman so now we've got nine still in the glass dish that they decide to freeze for the future okay so they freeze those the couple's paying you know rent on the freezer storage and maybe they want more maybe they don't so let's say they try it one more time okay we'll implant three more so now you've got six people lives human beings with a soul in storage frozen well a couple years go by they decide no we're not going to try anymore we don't want the eggs we don't want to keep paying every month to have not eggs i'm sorry i misspoke children 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 we don't want to pay the storage fee anymore we don't want to you know what we're gonna do the the noble thing we're gonna donate them to science and that's what they do so a lot of a lot of the babies are donated to science and that's not noble Exactly. Well, let's do something radical here. Let's let, let's talk Catholic teaching because I haven't heard any teaching on this in any mass, any conference. Uh, the only place I've heard anything on here is perhaps Father Tad Paholchik from the uh, Catholic uh, Bioethics on some of the shows that he's going on here. But the other side of that here is I know... Catholic families who consider themselves to be in good standing, who have employed these these means technologies, for I lack of too. a better word, technology, too. and they say, how can you argue with my beautiful grandchild? How can you argue, you know, and, and, and I, I've heard even one family who has said, we had to help God along the way. We had to give God a hand here, give him a boost. All right, that's that's another thing. We're not here to do this. But I think there's a lot of ignorance as it relates to Catholic teaching on this. Why is this intrinsically evil? What are the what are the circumstances that make this technology and action intrinsically evil? Well, number one, it's against God's plan for life of how a man and a woman come together in the sacrament of marriage and create. Your Marriages happen for creation. So number one, it's not, or it's against the natural plan of God's intended meaning for how life is to be created. Right. I think if there's a third guy in a la- white lab coat in the room, it's not God's plan. Right. Yeah. Okay. But but also I think what the fundamental so issue it, I think is that children are a gift. That's right. And how not often a right. do we say they're that? not a right? They're we, not we, a don't, right. we don't have a right to have a child. We don't have a right. Children and they're not are a, a gift. commodity. They're not a commodity to be bought or sold. And so and I think people would agree with that. Oh yes, children are a gift. But think about that. You can't force someone to give you a gift. And I'll just speak personally as a couple that's infertile and unable to have children. I've had many people say to me, well, just do IVF. It's like, why would we do that? 
you know what? Everybody has a cross. For some people, it's that they can't have kids. For some people, it's that they have cancer. For some people, it's whatever it is. Everybody has a cross. Are you going to force God's hand and say, God, you messed up in this situation. Let me take the reins. I'll take control. I'll fix it all. So back to Janet here. You're you're saying that it... it, violates the unitive aspect of the marital of the embrace in, in the sacrament of, yes. of, of doing that. What, what else were you hearing? Well, number one, it was against God's life. The, the second thing is is the process and how this is done, which we just talked about. Um, multiple eggs are being fertilized, which means there's multiple children, and ultimately you're sacrificing all of them that were created to come up with a child. And that's not right. That's murder. So, but people don't think of it in those terms. But if you had the 11 kids that we're talking about and the couple is all excited because one pregnancy, one baby was viable, they delivered that child, what happened to the other 10 if they didn't go through fertilization? Well, and a couple of things happen. They're either sold on the market, because there is a market for that, sadly, and then what they do with them is even more of a greater atrocity but but that is one thing that's a, a huge, um, with Catholic Church teaching, it's a huge black mark on why people should not participate in this program. Right. So they, so they have all these excess children. So what to do with them? We can keep them frozen in a type of frozen limbo. Or if they say we don't want those anymore, they can thaw them and dump them down the drain. Yeah. These are people. These are not fertilized eggs. They're, they're human beings. We all began this way. They have a soul. Because I don't know any human being that does not have a soul. So they have souls if they're a human being. And their life, they are dividing. They're replicating. They're, it's human life. And they just get dumped down the drain. And the sad part to me is the emotion. Couples get married. They're so excited about their wedding day and having a life together and they naturally want to bring children into the world and they meet that fateful time and that cycle in their married life where they're like we've been trying we've been trying and we're not able to have children and so naturally because it's so culturally accepted you just do in virtual um in vitro fertilization their doctor says yeah let's get this on board no one tells them what we're talking about today no one no. Tells so you're, you're saying there's no informed consent there's, There's no none. education along these lines right. at a fertility clinic, at your, at at your, your right. family Regular doctor. doctor. Yeah. Right. And, and in some way, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being judgmental on these couples. No. It's almost like their desire to have a child has, has frozen their thinking, and they're not able to think all this through. All they can think about is having a child. And well, so they're not it? able to, to think about the morality so what, of it. And what, it's emotional. So the physicians aren't giving this information no what about the clergy okay here's an interesting story one time one time i heard a homily and it wasn't even about ivf it was about a, a very related issue and i don't want to say too much and and bring it all up but but some people know what i'm talking about because this was memorable and the deacon who was preaching talked about ivf tangentially and how it was against god's plan Someone in the pews was upset because that's how they conceived their children, and he was forbidden to preach for six months. 
And I remember exactly when this happened because the first reading that day, that Sunday, was from the book of Maccabees about the mother who watched her seven children be killed, including tearing out their tongue. Mm -hmm. So I said to this deacon afterwards, I said, they tore out your tongue, didn't they? You can't preach for six months. And he didn't even come out strong against it. It was like a tangential part of his homily. So that's that's a problem. So they don't hear it from the clergy. They don't hear it in the pews if they're going to church. And and I think family members just want to um, console their their children or their in-laws. They, they want to be supportive of what they're doing. They don't want to sound condemning. Um, and, and they probably don't know. I mean, this really is all fairly new technology. The first, the first baby conceived in vitro do you all remember this louise brown mm-hmm. what, louise what brown. era was that what, I what don't 1978 78 july 25th and i'll tell you how i remember that because you know what the july you know what july 25th is saint uh well, saint james but yes yeah, no but july 25th 1968 10 years to the day earlier was when paul the sixth issued humane vitae and 10 years on human life and that was prophetic 10 years later to the day almost like satan slapping the catholic church on the 10th anniversary july 25th 1978 louise brown and the name louise means warrior Mm -hmm. interesting and tell our listeners what humana vitae Humane Vitae actually is. Sure. Humane Vitae is um, an encyclical that Paul VI wrote, um, issued it in 1968, and it uh, literally means on human life. So he reiterates the constant teaching of the church about how um, a married man and a married woman should be open to life, um, against birth control, against sterilization, um, being open to that life. And he, he prophesied uh, what would happen to a culture if they did not take that stance, if they rejected those types of things. So at a high level, where were some of those uh, top things that he talked about so prophetically? One of the things he talked about was the degradation of women. Right. And we have certainly seen that since 1968. And what so, else? So hang on. So degradation of women, true or false, has human trafficking increased or decreased since this time? Oh, by hundreds of folds. Okay, okay. what else? You got human. You got human trafficking. Um, abortion. Oh, Did he predict abortion? He he predicted about uh, marriages. He predicted divorces. that divorces would increase. Right. And adultery. Adultery. He predicted. He predicted a general lowering of the morality, the moral standards in a society. Well, I would say so. Since 1968, I mean, he hit these all right, right on the head. But there were a few mistakes that were made with Humane Vitae. I mean, it took him eight years to write it, right? Because the pill came out in 1960. Mm -hmm. And he lagged. He didn't right away because in the 1920s, when the Lambeth Conference happened and the Episcopalian Church allowed for birth control just between married couples, you know, if it was an emergency, important kind of thing, they allowed that in 1930. Boom, by the end of the year, uh, that pope, he issued Casti Canubi on Christian marriage. Boom, by the end of the year, he had a response, and it was full of footnotes, of scripture, of tradition, saying how that was wrong, that we we are not doing that, okay? And boom, he stopped it. But when the pill was um, invented, unfortunately, by a Catholic doctor, 
Catholic scientist in 1960, um, Paul VI let it go, let it go. Then he put together Bummer. a birth control commission and they discussed and studied it. And they decided, yeah, you probably should let Catholics do that. And then he sat on it. It was eight years before he issued Humanae Vitae. So that was one mistake, was how long he let people go thinking he was going to approve it. The second mistake he made was, it's a very short document. I mean, you can read it in one sitting. It's very short. And he did not have all of the evidence and reasoning for it in that document. Well, that's an example of where silence just is just the wrong thing to do and complacency yeah yeah so a few mistakes there we're grateful for the document we are grateful for it but but i i i think maybe it even surpassed you know what he prophesied in 1968 i think we're we left that a long time ago well couples if you're looking for help reach out to those catholic priests and fertility clinics that are uh, able to help you safely and guide you in these uh yeah, John, treacherous waters yeah. john paul ii institute in omaha is that the name of it in omaha yeah they work with moral means to increase the chances of conception so well i think we're out of time i think we're out of time and my eyeballs have settled down great great <laughs> let's close the chatter with a prayer in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen glory be to the, to the father, father and, and to the son, son and, and to the, the holy spirit, spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. For Janet Wagner and Colleen Pasnick, I'm Tom Oglesby. See you all next week.